You are listening to a sermon podcast from Urban Village Church Edgewater, where all are welcome. The scripture today comes from John 6, verses 1 through 14. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. The word of God for the people of God. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. We are also good. Good. Morning, my name is Chan Choi. My pronoun is he, him, his. I'm serving Urban Village Church at Water as site pastor. Welcome all of you in the name of Jesus Christ, who is love, who is grace, who is peace. So before starting my message, I just want to check how many of you uh, are just visiting this church first time today, all right? And how many of you are receiving the chocolate on Friday morning? That's one of the reasons why you visit here. All right, it's fine, so I just want to check that. You might remember that, that the coldest day in this winter, Kelly and myself uh, handed out the chocolate that morning at the uh, train stations, and it was a really great opportunity for us to offer ourselves to God in, in the suffering. So I just want to mention that part. So, all right. I'm just wondering about that. So, yeah, We are thinking to move the Valentine's Day to the summer rather than this cold winter season. So we can have another summer Valentine's Day type of thing. So last Monday, when I got up, in the morning, there were many unread Facebook messages and, and text messages on my form. In general, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a good sign. I may have made a terrible mistake during the Sunday worship. If I had made that mistake during the Sunday worship, please forgive, for, forgive me. So there was no any intention. Or people would have heard something very serious happening in my home country, Korea, South Korea, of course. But fortunately, it was totally opposite. People sent me some uh, congratulatory messages about the movie Parasite wins four Oscars that night. 
and you can see the picture of it. So. And Jackie, who is a South Loop member, emailed me and said, keep thinking of you guys while watching Parasite get all these Oscars. Go South Korea. Thank you, Jackie. And according to the article, it was the very first film not in English to take home the top prize in the Academy's 92-year history. And as a director, Jun Ho Bong said, he didn't write the script for Represent Country, but its very first Oscar to South Korea. So I was so proud of his work and creativity as the one who shared the Korean heritage. I love his way of talking and the sense of humor. And especially I found that from this accept, acceptance speech of the best motion picture foreign language at Golden Gloves. He said, once you overcome the one inch tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more amazing films. Can I get amen? amen. How many of you saw any kind of Korean movie or a Korean show through Netflix? All right, I can see some, right? For the people who are willing to overcome that one inch whole barrier of subtitle. Let me share one interesting but very important cultural background of Korean expression. This is a Korean language class. <laughs> Even though it is translated as how are you in English, it's word to word for word translation is did you have a meal? which is a general greeting in Korea. It's been only 70 years from the Korean War, which was a tragic happening to fight against each other in Korean Peninsula. And in the most of our history, people have suffered periods of extreme poverty as they worried about feeding themselves. So it was a kind of greeting to check each other how their everyday life was going by keeping of hungry. So that's why one people ask that, how did you have a meal today or something? And it'll be the similar reason why Jewish people use shalom, which means peace, as their salutations, because they have been looking for the peace of Christ, peace of God, through their history of persecution and hardship. So it's a very simple but important cultural background about Korean expression. This morning, I have been thinking of the right question to open up my message. I don't think, did you have a meal would be the right one since most of you would not have a chance to have a breakfast. So I'm not going to ask that. And I know that's the reason why you are thinking of today's lunch menu right now, but please, please wait. Then I recalled this question that John Wesley, who is a founder of Methodist Church, used to ask for his people. How is it with your soul? How is it with your soul? This question is more than how are you. This question is not for judging you and your spiritual life, but it is a question for deepening our understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit through our daily life. How is it 
with your soul? I'm sure this question and your tentative answer would be the reason why you are here at worship this morning, where we can experience the transformative power of God's creativity that we have discovered from praise, from testimony from Katie this morning, and the Word of God and the Holy Communion later. So, how is it with your soul? I pray that you can answer to this question in confidence. It is well. It is well. Amen? Amen. Feeding the 5,000 is the most favorite and popular story in the Bible. We can find this story from all four Gospels. The main narrative is the same. Let me share a little bit about this. A large crowd followed Jesus because they had seen his miraculous power of healing. Later in the day, Jesus and the twelve started a conversation to find a way of feeding this large crowd. Since they only had five loaves of bread and two fish, the twelve thought it would be impossible to feed these 5,000 people. However, Jesus let people sit down on the grass and took bread and uh, gave thanks and gave it to those who were seated. And he did the same thing with the fish. Everyone ate until they were full and there were 12 baskets with the leftover pieces of bread and fish. This is a summary of feeding the 5,000, right? It's quite simple and very straightforward. Whenever we hear this story, we may focus on the miracle of multiplications and try to explain it like people add some bread and fish that they keep it for themselves to the basket. So it was getting more and more and abundant as much as it feeds 5,000. That's a kind of imagination we have sometimes, right? I love this imagination since I have seen similar miracles from our ministries. Do you remember that Sunday? I, we don't have enough uh, gluten-free option, so we just break it little by little, so we were able to serve almost 10 people that Sunday. However, there is a question to be asked before this explanation of this miracle. Why? Why did 5,000 come to Jesus in hunger with empty hands? In the Gospel of Mark, the place where they gather is described as a long way out in the country, a deserted place and an isolated place. In the Gospel of Luke, it is described as a middle of nowhere. If you imagine this scene as a picnic of 5,000 people who just forgot to bring their lunchbox, it's a great mistake. According to the research, at the time, there were three major cities in Israel. One is Jerusalem, one is Tiberias, and one is Sepphoris. Especially Tiberias and Sepphoris were populated mainly by outsiders, and all the demanding resources from the surrounding farms and villages. So as these two major cities repeatedly grow up under Herod Antipas' pro-city economic policies, the food supply system was had been broken, and people were in hunger. So they didn't forget to bring their lunch box. Rather, they didn't have anything to put 
in their lunchbox at all. That's the reason why they came to Jesus with empty hand. And let me add one more thing to this desperate sin. Why did Jesus bring this 5,000 people to this deserted place in the middle of nowhere? Because Herod was looking for Jesus after killing the John the Baptist. These 5,000 people had lived under the political and economic oppression. We cannot ask them to, did you have a meal? But we need to ask them, how is it with your soul? They were following Jesus with this broken and wounded soul to seek a way to respond to this dictatorship and tyranny. They would expect a miraculous power to destroy the Roman Empire and its military power from Jesus. And that's the reason why they wanted to uh, make Jesus to be their king by force. Then do you remember the very first command from Jesus in this story? Jesus said, make the people sit down. All of you come and sit down here. Then he took the bread, gave thanks, and he gave it to those who were seated. It was not only a way to fill their physical needs, but it is also a way to fulfill their spiritual need and to heal their wounds and hurt. That's what they need at the time. And we can find his purpose and lesson that Jesus wanted to teach for us through this miracle from verse 35. Let's read verse 35 in one voice. One, two, three. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Believe me. Based on my own experience, they would be hungry again on the way back home in an hour. <laughs> Even though it said that all ate as much as they wanted and they were satisfied, the hunger would be back so quickly. And the satisfaction would be gone without knowing. However, I don't think these 5,000 people would come back to this mountain where they filled with bread and fish whenever they are facing the same problem because they would learn that bread and fish couldn't solve their problem. But Jesus, the bread of life, is the only way to fulfill their hunger and thirst in spirit. Whoever comes to the worship this morning for serving your immediate needs, please seek for Jesus who is the bread of life then you will be never hungry and thirsty. Among the various versions of feeding 5,000, I love this version from the Gospel of John most because of this verse. Let's read verse 9. One, two, three. You can find a young boy who offered up his lunch 
the initial bread and fish to make the miracle possible only at the Gospel of John. And I prepared a picture of his lunch. What do you think? It looks for, it's, it looked like it's pretty enough for this little boy as a lunch, right? Five loaves and two fish. If he had it for his own lunch, it would be quite enough to fill his stomach. It could be pretty clear that it's not enough to feed 5,000 with his lunch. If I were this boy, I would not bring my lunch to Jesus because it is too small to share. Because it's not good enough to offer to Jesus. However, this verse, this boy's offering makes this story as a story of worship rather than a simple story of Jesus' miracle. Five loaves and two fish make this mountain as a sanctuary where we worship, where we experience the transformative power of God's creativity. Through this miracle of multiplication, people had experienced a healing and recovery of their physical hardship, their hunger. At the same time, their life's value would be transformed from emptiness and scarcity to abundance. They will be the one who bring their little tiny stuff to share, no matter they have enough or not, because of this experience. Because they experience the power of God's creativity through this miracle, which is always abundant. So watch your five loaves and two fish. What are you going to bring to God in faith? No matter what it would be that makes your life abundant or community enough. And remember, it can be only possible when you step up and bring your own offering. Let me close today's message with the story of a person who came to Jesus with her own five loaves and, and fish. Her name is Jerina Lee, who was the first woman authorized to preach by Richard Allen, founder of the, the African Methodist Episcopal Church in 1819. 1819. And here is a short instruction of her. She was born free on 1783 in Cape May, New Jersey. She was deeply spiritual even as a child without any religious teaching from her parents. At around age 20, she moved to Philadelphia and searched for a church and was baptized in 1807 at age 24. Then soon after, she felt to be called to preach and asked Reverend Richard Allen for permission. And what would be his response? It's 1807. What would be his response? It's a time when slavery was legal and neither African American nor woman could own property or vote. He said that only man could preach. Period. It was Hugh's rejection and denier for her calling to preach. 
So she had to put aside her thought of preaching. One Sunday in 1870, uh, 1817, which is 10 years later from that, Zerina attended a service at Mother Bethel AME Church. The pastor who was originally scheduled to preach was not able to speak the word he had prepared. Then she stepped up and began to preach in the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And there was Richard Allen who denied her call to preach. And that Sunday he changed his mind. So he authorized her to preach at the church. Even though she was authorized to preach and blessed by the church, she continued to face hostility to her ministry. Why? Because she was black and a woman. However, she didn't give up her call to preach. She became a traveling minister and traveling thousands of miles on foot. Later, she was part of the second great awakening that led the latter rapid growing of the church by encouraging people to make a personal connection with God. When she brought her passion and call to preach to God, in spite of all the rejection and denial and hostility and enemy, there was a miracle of multiplication through the second great awakening that eventually changed people's mind. As common people, including the poor, the uneducated, the black people, and women could find salvation. And God choose, God could choose any one of them to preach. She would not imagine this miracle of multiplication when she came to Jesus with her passion of preaching. But it changed people's life and this country. So let me invite you, closing your eyes at this moment, and let's think about this question again. How is it, my, how is it with my soul? How is it with my soul? You may come to church with empty hands and empty heart this morning. You will be sitting on the chair with spiritual hunger and thirst that cannot be filled by things that you have. When I ask, watch your five loaves and two fish, you may think there is nothing to offer to God. But it is not true. Because you still have one thing that you can offer to God. It's you. Since you are here this morning in the worship, it is your offering. Your time is offered to God as a five loaves. Your heart of worship is offered to God as two fish. And the miracle of multiplication will be happening here today when you take and hold this bread of life, faith in Jesus. And the transformation is already happening in your life without knowing through the power of God's creativity. Let us be in silence.
and focus on this miraculous power of transformation that is filling this time and space of worship. Gracious and loving God, we come to you with empty hands and broken heart. We come to you without knowing the way to solve our problems. We are powerless and hopeless, but we come to you as who we are. We come to you in faith that your grace is always enough. Your love is always enough. We are looking for the bread of life that might give us the new energy and strength to lead the life in abundance and share this good news of salvation to the world. We come to you, Jesus. We come to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.